As a kid, I'd go grocery shopping with mom every now and then. As mom pushed the grocery buggy, which, by the way, she always managed to grab the one with the wobbly wheel, I couldn't help but wonder why I never got that sugary chocolate-coated cereal I always wanted. She would load the cart with fruits, vegetables, including broccoli, which I always hated. You'll grow strong, she said. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. I heard that phrase from her time and time again. But, you know, looking back on my childhood, I'm now thankful that mom understood the value of proper nutrition. Now I get it. For years, hospitals across the country have been fighting the stigma of hospital food, the bland, uninteresting substance you find under those round lids. Ew, what's this? I think it's rice pudding or maybe ice cream? Well, that's all changing, and with good reason. Today, we'll uncover the truth about nutrition and the eye-opening secrets you may not be aware of. Leading the way in the effort to develop a healthy community are the teams of doctors and nutritionists at Peace Arch Hospital in White Rock, British Columbia. This is The Power to Heal. This episode is brought to you by the Surrey Firefighters Charitable Society, committed to working with their partners in healthcare, including Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, to ensure funding is available to support a healthy community. To recognize their commitment and generous half-million-dollar donation to our new ER, the waiting area of the Mental Health and Substance Abuse Zone will be named in their honor. In this series of podcasts, we'll focus on the many innovative ways the Peace Arch Hospital has been an integral part of its community. We'll talk to those who were instrumental in creating new initiatives for the hospital to grow and evolve along with the town it served. In this episode, we'll examine the Healthy Community Initiative. It was created to keep local residents out of the hospital through development of healthier lifestyles. And we'll find out some pretty eye-opening info about using nutrition as medicine. As a longtime resident of White Rock, veteran television and radio broadcaster Wayne Cox is very familiar with the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation and many of its programs that serve to integrate the hospital more deeply into the communities of White Rock, South Surrey. As a White Rock, South Surrey resident, I just love being able to walk the beaches or hop on my bike and get out and explore the area. Combined with being active as I can, and I also try and watch what I eat, and as much as I wholeheartedly appreciate what Peace Arch Hospital has done for me and my family over the years, I'd rather not need their services if I can help it. Well, I know Peace Arch Hospital's always there when I do need it, but I'd rather be enjoying the beach. Wayne, along with Healthy Community Steering Committee member and board member Jeff Funky and nutrition expert Dr. Werner Spengal, share a few stories that help us understand the importance of healthy living and nutrition as ways to keep the community healthier and out of the hospital. So Jeff, if we could start with you, you're a member of the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation Healthy Community Steering Committee. What does that committee do? The committee started, let's say, about 10 years ago, and really it was shaped around creating the healthiest community kind of vibe that was going on around that time amongst several of the communities across Canada, really. And one of the issues that I found and was concerned about is that 
here we are in South Surrey, White Rock, crossing over two municipalities that uh, I was concerned that this was going to be kind of fall by the wayside after doing a bunch of work with a, a great group of people. And so the Hospital Foundation took it on ourselves to continue on with this program and really with the essence of once again enhancing the health of our community, both through physical activity and and other areas of nutrition and so on. So it was a big, big task and and something that uh, really created a second pillar to our foundation where we have the hospital itself being one pillar where we're doing a lot of great things with the new ER and OR and so on there. But then we've also got this other pillar where we're trying to do almost preventative healthcare, basically keeping people out of the hospital. And it's very unique amongst the hospital foundations across the country. I believe we're one of the only ones doing this. And doctor, I think that's where you come in regarding nutrition and uh, food as medicine. Are you in constant touch with the uh, Peace Arch Hospital Foundation about this? Well, I'm a family doctor here in White Rock and have been for a long time. I've also been on the foundation board for many years and was involved as Jeff was early on in this Healthy Communities Project, which for me was interesting because uh, I'd also been aware of something called the Blue Zones, which are the areas in the world known for longevity. And then there's a project called the Blue Zone Solutions, which brings the same learnings from the Blue Zones around the world into different communities in order to make them healthier. So my role as a family doctor is, yeah, to try to improve the health of people that are in my practice. And as far as the nutrition part goes, I have been involved with the uh, Peace Arch Hospital Foundation at a few levels. One of the programs that my wife and I actually rolled out is a program from uh, Loma Linda, California, which is one of the world blue zones, which is called the Complete Health Improvement Program or CHIP, which does have a heavy focus on uh, nutrition. So uh, there are a lot of nutritional aspects that have um, come to play as far as promoting health. But yeah, in terms of my involvement with the foundation, it's been, as I said, on a board level. And also to some extent, uh, when there have been some notices going out, say about nutrition or making a, like we've done some one pagers on some foundation events, just to sort of help to promote the role of nutrition, because a lot of times in health, it turns out to be more important what we do than what you have your doctor do for you. I mean, there are certainly acute conditions where you need, you know, the modern hospital if you need surgery or if you have an infection. But as far as the chronic diseases, which are overwhelming us, you know, like uh, diabetes and heart disease and all of these chronic things which go on and on. And now, of course, cognitive decline leading to dementia. A lot of those things, there's not a lot the doctor can do for you, especially when it's well-developed. And so the whole idea is to try to lead the kind of a lifestyle. And this is what aligns with the healthy communities is by allowing people to be active and allowing people to eat well and empowering them with the knowledge and the information to do the self-care that's necessary that perhaps they won't require the acute care hospital as frequently. And I think, Jeff, to that end, the foundation has a very exciting project, the Foundation Lodge. And in that lodge, I understand there's a kitchen facility where people can prepare their own meals and probably under supervision. Is that right? You know, the number of of seniors that are now living in there within our community has been absolutely spectacular. The feedback that we've been getting from them um, and the enjoyment of living there has been absolutely wonderful. And a big part of that has been this kitchen, which, you know, it's a state-of-the-art kitchen where proper meals are being provided for these individuals. And it is such a huge aspect to health 
we all know the importance of daily exercise and so on and how that leads to a healthier lifestyle but without the nutrition aspect of it you were going to fall short i used to and i still do triathlons on an ongoing basis and without the nutrition aspect of it you know it doesn't matter how much you exercise i always say you can never <laughs> exercise away a bad diet and so within the lodge here you know, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, within Fraser Health really is providing a healthy uh, nutritional diet to the citizens that are living there. And how about the rooftop garden? The whole idea here is the production kitchen in the lodge is to have a, a rooftop garden um, you know, with fresh veggies and herbs and so on. So it's not in production yet, but it's something that you know, we're striving towards uh, to get to that point. And as you could just imagine, you think of some of the top restaurants in the world that have these types of things. And could you imagine that within a senior's lodge to have that on the roof and how amazing that would be? And doctor, that must put a smile on your face. Your book, One Minute Medicine, deals with a lot of greens, correct? Correct. We mentioned it in the book, but there's an updated thing that people may want to check, which is just an 18-minute TED Talk, uh, which we did here in White Rock in uh, 2018, uh, which focuses on using food as medicine to improve blood flow and organ function. We talk about how dark leafy greens in particular increase something in our blood called nitric oxide, which is one of the most potent vasodilators. Uh, people who have vagina have probably been aware of using things like nitro spray and these kind of things. So we know that this nitro nitroglycerin, this one is, as I said, called nitric oxide dilates blood vessels, but it's also been shown on several mechanisms to actually clean arteries out and open up blockages in order to improve blood flow. And that's the concept with the um, food is medicine, Wayne, that you were talking about uh, earlier. A lot of people think, well, great, if you use a diet, you can prevent things. But the exciting thing that we've learned over the years is that not only can you prevent things, which is, of course, great, uh, but you can also treat things and in some cases even reverse established chronic diseases, including things like coronary artery disease. You heard Dr. Spangel mention his TED Talk. If you're looking to dive even further into this fascinating aspect of curing medical issues with food, make sure you check it out. Until then, let's continue. And in the TED Talk, I actually show some images from before and after where the intervention has not been putting in stents or using medications, but literally just changing the diet to clear arteries. And we also now have a program, including here in White Rock, about diabetes reversal. So people who have well-established diabetes, so it's far beyond just preventing it. It's people who already have an illness and that you can treat it and even um, reverse it. And so, yeah, absolutely. Dark leafy greens are one of the most potent uh, foods that we have and growing them fresh, as uh, Jeff was saying, is some of the things that you see is modeled in fancy restaurants and in you know some of these Michelin four-star uh, kind of restaurants where they grow their own things and source them or people who go to spas. It's interesting that in the United States, which in some ways are uh, behind us and in some ways are far ahead of us, there's a very well-established lifestyle medicine movement. And in a lot of the hospitals there now, they've been going through and you know stopping serving you know the fast foods that we know are harmful to people and are contributing to the ill health and actually opening up 
up gardens, teaching people to cook, having these large uh, kitchens where people are actually having hospital food so that the sick people of society are not just, you know, getting the medicine and the things that they need, but they're actually getting the nutrition that they need to heal them, you know, sort of from the inside out. And so it's super, you know, heartening and exciting and very innovative. And, uh, you know, White Rock on many, many levels has done, you know, sort of things that, you know, other communities only dream of. And this is certainly a project which is right up there in terms of uh, improving the health of the community in an innovative and, you know, really low tech way. You mentioned the TEDx talk at uh, Blue Frog Studios. I saw that. And I was st- Stunned when you mentioned about uh, the reversing of blockages in heart disease patients, because I'm I have angina, and I have three stents, and I didn't realize that it was reversible. I thought that you know I was just doomed <laughs> yeah. with this disease, but yeah. that was fascinating to hear that. And, and but you know you can talk about diet, but I guess you really have to come after lifestyle changes too, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm one of the physicians in North America. Well, it's, it's a global movement now, this this movement of lifestyle medicine. There was an American College of Lifestyle Medicine that actually started in 2004. I joined them in 2014. And then by 2017, they had a board of lifestyle medicine. And you can actually in the United States now become board certified in lifestyle medicine, uh, which I did in 2017. And each year, there's more and more physicians that are becoming certified. So over 2,000 now across, you know, the United States and Canada. There's probably at least 20 or 30 in Canada now that are certified. And all of us are moving towards, you know, what we call the pillars of lifestyle medicine, uh, which include certainly nutrition as a big thing. So, and I mean, there's there's three levers that we pull in nutrition, you know, it's, it's basically what you eat, how much you eat, and when you eat. And all of those are tremendously important, somewhat controversial, but I think the bottom line is, in the words of actually not a physician, but a journalist, Michael Pollan, who's written a lot and has done a lot of things, he basically says, you know, eat food. In other words, eat real food, not like processed crap. So he says, eat food, not too much of it, and mostly plants. And I think those three points, I think if we sort of take those to heart and reduce the amount of processing that we have, those are the kind of things that are going to help us to become, you know, sort of healthy and well. So a lot of the processing firstly takes away things that are nutritious and then adds things like salt, various oils, um, sugars of various kinds, which actually contribute to the growing uh, illness. The passion that Dr. Spangel brings to his work is infectious. Patients get caught up in his enthusiasm as he talks about the seven pillars of healthy living. Nutrition is a huge kind of pillar in the field of lifestyle medicine. But then again, as Jeff alluded to, nutrition and movement in the blue zones, they just talk about movement. The people in these blue zones aren't necessarily Olympic athletes. They're not accomplished athletes, but they walk places, they garden, they're not sitting. So we talk about sitting being the new smoking. And most of us who work at a computer now try to get these stand-up workstations as well so that you avoid, you know, this sedentary behavior. So I think that's the second pillar. Sleep, hugely important. We all know that if you just miss a night of sleep and how difficult it is to catch up on that. There's a wonderful book written by a sleep scientist in the UK uh, named Dr. Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep, a wonderful deep dive into sleep. So that would be the third pillar is the importance of restorative sleep. Relations and relationships turn out to be very important. I think we all know this intrinsically, like when you have a good relationship or when you're when you fall in love or when a child is born or 
when you get together, that warmth and that connection that we feel as human beings is tremendously important. Whereas the converse is when relationships go wrong, when somebody is, when somebody dies, when somebody is ill, you know, we all suffer greatly from that. And in fact, Dr. Dean Ornish, who's one of the big pioneers of lifestyle medicine, you know, has said that, you know, the most important determinant of health is in fact love and support, more important than anything else. So relationships is a huge one. The other is uh, what we call having um, passion or a purpose, uh, what they call pandavida, a reason to get up in the morning. So if you have no reason to get up in the morning, if you've got nothing that drives you, then nothing else really matters. So that becomes a huge pillar. And then because a lot of us live in this, um, what we call the sympathetic overdrive or the stress response, and you know we're always... Um, overwhelmed with a lot of things that are going on or crises that we have to face with, whether it's COVID or anything else, is having a way to mitigate that stress. So meditation, relaxation, those kind of things become, you know, sort of very important as well. So those would be the six major pillars. And then the seventh is sort of avoiding the pitfalls of doing stupid things, you know, like drinking and driving, not wearing helmets. You know, there, there's so many pitfalls to health that rob us of longevity and health. And I think avoiding those is sort of another one. So in a very quick summation, those would be kind of what I consider the seven pillars of, of healthy living with nutrition sort of being up there front and foremost. I imagine, Jeff, that the, the uh, healthy community steering committee that you're on, that's a lot to deal with in helping out the Peace Arch Hospital. Yeah, as you can imagine, and sorry to, I'm just taking notes here from listening to Werner. Every time I listen to him, I always learn something. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you can imagine, you know, listing everything that Werner was talking about and other things that we looked at, it is a huge task. And it's one area, you know, it's one, one of the things that we talk about on an ongoing basis is really trying to focus on what we can actually change. And one of the first projects that we did was the all ages, all abilities park that was made there by Centennial Arena. And it still gives me, you know, great satisfaction when I used to drive to and from work every day. Um, now I just walk to my living room, but when I used to drive to and from work every day to see all the kids and, and adults for that reason that are, that are in that park and, and enjoying it on a daily basis, I can only imagine how full it will be on a day like today. It gives us great satisfaction for the hospital foundation to be a key part of that was been, has been awesome. And then, you know, the physical literacy side of it is another big aspect too, that, you know, we have stepped into and hired kids to take on this area. I know which Werner has been involved with as well. And physical literacy is, is literally, you know, the simplicity of it is, is movement and physical movement, um, you know, from all ages, from the young to old. And it's been very interesting to see the change in society over when we were all in, in elementary school and the physical movement that we did and the lack thereof that's happening today within the schools. And so, we're really trying to make a difference within the community as really with the goal, as I said, of just trying to improve the health of all the people within our community uh, of all ages and of all abilities. And so the nutrition side of it is the next step. And, you know, I can't emphasize how important that step is. You know, 15 years ago, I was overweight, you know, in a stressful job that I still am, but, you know, it was, uh, I was not a very healthy person and turned to exercise and nutrition to kind of change my life around. And, you know, within a year and a half of uh, doing this, you know, I dropped over 50 pounds and, and completed my first half Ironman. And wow. so it's that enthusiasm that I try and bring to this 
the Healthy Community Steering Committee as well, trying to get the message out there that it's never too late to start and what you can do to turn around your your health in a really short time. The body is an amazing animal. and It's amazing how quickly you can repair things. Doctor, do you think COVID has uh, kind of thrown a wrench into things, especially with, you know, activities? As Jeff mentioned, he, he used to go to work. Now he just goes to his front room. Is it causing any problems for people's mental and physical health? There's been a tremendous fallout, economic fallout, emotional fallout. You know, at the beginning of this, people were talking about um you know, the baby boom situation is going to happen with people kind of hunkered down at home and, you know, having nothing to do but be romantic. And so they're talking about these pandemic uh, kind of babies because I also work at the maternity clinic. As time goes on, though, you know, with people being hunkered down at home, especially with financial strains, some of the sad things we've seen is an increase in domestic violence. And so um, there are a lot of negative things uh, that have happened. And I think it's up to us. And I think this is where the self-care kind of comes in again, that we need to be resilient. We need to be able to have that reason to get up in the morning. We need to be able to exercise. We need to be able to eat well. Some people say I've gained the COVID-19 seems to be a common expression, you know, (laughs) that you're gaining about 20 pounds or something. And other people have said, well, um, you know, because of lack of exercise and other things. And other people are saying, you know, I'm making my own meals. I'm more conscious to eat well. I'm, you know, uh, not having to commute to work. So I'm going for walks every day. I mean, my goodness, I've had a guy now who told me that uh, he walks, firstly, he walks by himself, and then he walks with his family. He's cut down what he's eaten, and uh, he's uh, someone that we delivered through our maternity clinic, uh, his wife, obviously, but the family, and has probably dropped now, I think, close to 60 or 70 pounds. Um, I've got one patient in my practice who's, you know, on an intermittent fasting type of program where he's cut down to one meal a day and not even every day. And uh, he's on schedule losing about 10 pounds a month. He's uh, trying to lose 100 pounds. And the interesting thing about some of these nutritional stat- strategies, it's unlike you know, when you have weight reduction surgery, and then all this skin hangs from you, and then you need to get a plastic surgeon to essentially remove it all in a dietary program. And again, Wayne, like you were saying, who knew that atherosclerosis could be prevented and the extensin factor not always uh, effective. But in the same way, who knew that if you just eat less, that your body literally shrinks and eats itself. It's actually something that won the Nobel Prize in medicine in 2016. A Japanese researcher explored this thing that we call autophagy, uh, literally meaning to self-eat. And so literally we shrink. And so we would consume all of that collagen and skin and extra fat. And so people um, don't need weight loss surgery and people can actually uh, regain health and fitness literally by reducing what you eat and then being more selective about what you eat. As I said, it's a matter of, you know, what you eat, how much you eat and when you eat. And all three of those turn out to be tremendously important. I think we can end this by saying we're all optimistic that things are going in the right direction, correct? Yeah, for sure. On many fronts, obviously, with the vaccinations rollout uh, that we're seeing, the numbers are dropping. I think there's a lot of optimism in not just in the community, but I think in the world right now, which is good to see. Yeah, I would agree as well. I think that there's definitely light on the horizon. I think we are going to continue to improve. The vaccine rollouts are improving. We're seeing the disease incidents. The ICUs are opening up more. I mean, these horrible scenarios of triaging that they talked about where you just don't have capacity to deal with all the sick people and having, you know, army style hospitals and tents uh, put up to try to save as many lives as you can. Thankfully, not something that we're uh, looking at. And yeah, with the natural improvement in disease reduction, you know, when the weather is warm, ultraviolet light, getting people outdoors more, 
the ease of restrictions has been a huge thing. Certainly, our hospital is on board with lots of exciting things with the foundation, you know, the emergency, the OR is the Peace Arch Lodge, you know, there's just a lot of optimism, I think, in the air now. And I'm, yeah, I'm certainly cautiously optimistic, but definitely optimistic that um, we're moving in a, uh, in a very positive direction. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll uh, leave it at that. And thank you for your time. A pleasure. Thank you. Always innovating, always changing with the times. The story of the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation has many chapters. This podcast sheds light on healthy living and nutrition as medicine. We're thrilled to bring you this story. Innovation comes to life in so many ways at the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. During the month of September, we invite you to support mental health awareness. The mission of Peace Arch Hospital Foundation is to raise funds, advocate and support initiatives that enhance the hospital campus and the health and wellness of their community. Since 1988, the foundation has raised more than $170 million for capital projects, medical equipment, and community health programs. Their passionate and caring team's number one priority is the prudent stewardship of your gifts and the resulting positive impact on patients and medical staff at the Peace Arch Hospital and the White Rock and South Surrey community. And right now... They're focused on providing an elevated level of care for patients suffering with mental health conditions. I'm sure you or someone you love has experienced a mental health-related issue at some point during the COVID-19 pandemic or maybe even before it. With your support, we can ensure that mental health patients receive the very best care possible close to home. Visit pahfoundation.ca slash give to learn more about the current campaign, including the many ways that you can help make an impact today. You'll find additional information on the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation website. In our next episode, we'll delve into movement. You'll be amazed at the differences between kids today and kids from even just a generation ago. How has the internet changed our lifestyle and created significant changes to our bodies? Join us as we talk with Drew Mitchell, Program Head of Move for Life. See you next time.